So since the beginning of this year, we've been in a series entitled Margin, Creating Space for Transformation. And we've had so many profound and amazing thoughts and concepts and messages along those lines, and I'm excited to just be able to contribute to that dialogue and that conversation about margin. And I'm excited about today, so before I begin, let's pray with me, and we're going to jump right in. Father, thank you for your grace and for your love. Uh, We receive it. Thank you for moments like this that surprise us and catch us off guard, so would you do that today? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So with the word margin, I want to give you a working definition. And this is what I mean by margin every time I use the term. And I'm borrowing this definition from a man named Richard Swenson. And he defines margin this way. He says margin is the space between our loads and our limit. Margin is the space between our load and our limit. So when we're talking about creating margin in our lives, if we have a life that is without margin, what we are suggesting is that our load have exceeded our limits. A life without margin is when our loads outweigh our limits. And loads, our load make up things like work, commitments, issues of life, deadlines, family issues, health issues, all those things kind of make up what I mean by load. And it's important that we find margin in our lives because if transformation is the goal, if we want to see change in our lives and the lives of people around us, then we need to have more margin in our lives. But the question is, how do we do that? How do I create margin in my life when I have a deadline at work, when I'm under review from a supervisor, when I've got three kids at home that are tugging at my shirt? How do I create more margin in my life where I'm not feeling well, where my marriage isn't strong, my relationships are weak, I'm frustrated, I'm irritable, How do I find margin if life is like that for me? And that's where many of us may find ourselves this morning. And what I'd like to suggest to you is that life is hard. It is. But you can trust Jesus with it all. And that's really my goal today. And I want to unpack that just a little bit more. And I want to reference Matthew chapter 11. And I'd like you to take a look at the words of Jesus. Now, in this chapter, we find Jesus showing us the different responses people have to who he is and to what he does and to what he says. Some respond in doubt. Some respond in a way that is not not life-changing for them. They'd rather not hear what he has to say. And those are the varying responses that we have to Jesus. Now, maybe you're here and you're a skeptic. You don't really believe in Jesus at all. Maybe you're here for the cookies in the cafe or for the free mug. Help yourself to both. 
Or maybe you are a follower, but you're still somewhat unsure. You're kind of on the fringe trying to figure this whole faith thing out. Or maybe you love Jesus, but life is hard. What Jesus says applies to all of that. If you're in any one of those categories. And here's what he says in verse 28 of Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Let me read that again. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now, he's, he's issuing an invitation here to anyone who finds themselves without margin in their lives. By margin, again, I mean the space between our load and our limit. Anyone, whether you are a skeptic or a believer or you've been following him for years, whether you are a married person, single person, black, white, rich, poor, tall, short, anyone, he issues an invitation and he says, come to me. If you're heavy, if you're, well, not heavy, but I'm a little heavy, but that's okay. <laughs> nice try. I couldn't clean that one up. I tried, though. If, if you're weary and heavy burdened, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. It's, it's an invitation, but the invitation comes with a promise attached. The promise is that he will give us rest. Now, this is an amazing invitation if we are walking with loads that are way too heavy for us to carry, if, if life is hard and so many demands on us, so many things vying for our attention and our allegiance, and we try to find rest in so many other things, but what happens is we eventually add more things to our plate instead of taking things off. And Jesus continues in verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you. Now, let me pause right there. When you read the Bible story, the yokes mean two things. A yoke is something that harnesses two animals together like oxen in that culture, or a human yoke could be something that's placed on someone's shoulders that helps them carry a load. So metaphorically, a yoke could mean a social obligation. It could mean a political pressure. It could mean something that we are adding onto our lives whether to enhance our lives, to make life better for other people. All those things fall into that category. But Jesus says, I want you to take my yoke. Now, this implies that we have a yoke, but he wants us to take his instead of continuing to carry ours. Now, I don't believe that he's, he's saying that he wants to help us manage our loads. 
I don't think he's saying that. I think he wants us to trust him with our loads in light of his limits and not ours. And he continues. He says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Let me park here for a second because it's important that Jesus uses the word soul here. He could have said, you'll find rest for your body. He could have said, you'll find rest for your mind. But he says, if you take my yoke and you let me teach you, you'll find rest for your soul. Now, typically we we define soul as the emotion and the will and the intellect. I think that gets us into the ballpark, but it's not specific enough. I think what gets us closer to what a soul is, is the soul is the part of us, the part of our being that, that regulates the interchange and interaction between our minds, our wills, and our intellect. The soul is like a traffic cop or a traffic light. It has to determine which element takes center stage in any situation. Is it the mind? Is it, is it the will? Is it the intellect? Now, when we're facing with life issues, whether it's at home, at work, the soul can get overworked trying to figure out Do I think this through? Do I need to act on this? Is this more of a desire? And when we find ourselves trying to rationalize or trying, like, that's when the soul starts to get overworked. When it tries to go from this load to that load to determine what decision do I make? Where do I go? How do I do this? Does this person like me? Why didn't they talk to me? Why didn't they give me a call back? Why didn't they respond to my text? Why is my boss always walking past my cubicle? Soul begins to get overworked. It's trying to figure out what to do. And Jesus says, listen, take, take my yoke on you and learn from me, and you'll find rest for your soul. Because we are not meant to be superhuman, superheroes. That's not what we're called to be. We're not meant to be faster than a speeding bullet and able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Now, do we have the spirit of Jesus in the inside of us by faith in him? Yes, we do. But being spirit-filled doesn't mean you're superhuman. Having the spirit of God on the inside of you doesn't mean you don't get tired sometimes. So then what do we do with that? I want to read 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter, who was a friend of Jesus, he walked with him. He he had a rhythm of life with Jesus. He saw Jesus in his most triumphant time and also the most trying time. And he learned from Jesus, and this is what he says here, beginning in verse 6 of chapter 5. 
Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Now the next verse gives us clarity, practical clarity on what that actually means. He says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So in other words, humility is a proper assessment of our limitations. Humility helps us to see, this is too much for me. I'm not going to try to run through a wall to prove that I'm a son of God or I'm a daughter of God. I'm not going to grin and bear it and hopefully that's not what we're called to do or to be. Humility makes us say, this is a little bit too much for me. I think I need some space. It's okay to ask for space because, by the way, that's what margin is. Margin is creating space. If we are not honest about our limitations, we will keep carrying our loads. And if we're not careful, we will begin to draw our self-definition from the loads that we carry. And when we draw definition from our loads, we won't let them go because they are now our identity. Let me read that again. If we are not honest about our limitations, we will keep carrying our loads. If we are not careful, we will begin to draw our self-definition from the loads we carry. When we draw definition from our loads, we won't let them go because they are now our identity. This is why Jesus is serious when he says, take my yoke. It's almost like he's pleading, take my yoke. If you're weary and heavy burdened with what you're carrying, take my yoke. Because if we're not careful, if we try to be superhuman and we continue carrying our loads and over time, we think that's who we are. I'm always going to be fill in the blank. I have to do this because fill in the blank. Back to Matthew 11, Jesus continues, verse 30, he says, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Unlike the yoke we put on ourselves or that others put on us, Jesus' yoke is light in comparison. Because let's be honest, sometimes we put expectations on ourselves and we put them on other people. And sometimes those expectations are just not realistic. And unless we are honest about unrealistic expectation, we will work and work and work and strive and strive until we eventually collapse or break down or lash out or all three. 
at the same time. That's what you call a tantrum, by the way. <laughs> and adults have tantrums, by the way. It's, it's, it's not just for children. Now, I'd like to share an example of, of a man that found rest and found more margin in his life and what it took for him to get there. And this is in Philippians chapter 3. Now, before I read the verses, I'll tell you something about this, this letter and the people that are reading this letter. This is people who take great pride in who they are as Philippians. Being a part of this colony, being a part of this country, they take great pride in that. It would have been a life's, life's goal for them to live there. Like it's, it's like that kind of place. And people found themselves in certain social environments that have their own ways of assessing who is acceptable and who isn't. Let me say that one again. People found themselves in environments that have their own ways of assessing who is acceptable and who is not. We're talking about a pressure cooker here. You have, a talk, you have to talk a certain way, wear a certain type of clothing. You have to be in a specific tax bracket, have a certain family polish, you have to present well. This is the culture that he's writing to, which, by the way, is not that dissimilar from our own. And this is what he says beginning at verse 5. He says, you know my pedigree. This is the message paraphrase, by the way. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the, from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. Now, let me pause right there. Now, he's laying out all of his credentials. These things make him acceptable to a certain crowd. Because he has this, He's like, oh, yeah, th that, that guy's in. He, he's legit. He's the real deal. Verse 7, he says, the very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash. So he is renouncing the typical identity symbols of the culture. The things that people wear to say, look at me. I belong, right? Paul says, you know what? I could actually do that. I could, I could fit in and rub shoulders with the right people, but I'm not going I'm, I'm to do that. So he says, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. 
compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. Let me continue. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I can get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. This is another way of saying that the things that once shaped his identity are no longer of service to him. Not because they're not important, but because they don't adequately define him. Oh, man. The things that used to give him a sense of self-worth, a sense of acceptance in a larger context. He says, compared to knowing Jesus, these things have, they now have a shelf life. They've expired Why is this important? If we don't let go of the loads, if we don't trust Jesus with what we carry, then we draw a definition from those things. But those things ultimately have a shelf life. Now, in this particular case, this is social acceptance. Now, the, social acceptance or the desire for it is so misleading. You know why? Because culture always changes. What's in this week won't be in next week. I remember, you know, people used to wear afros when I was growing up. Afro with the pick and the, even the pick with the fist. That was cool. I mean, everybody had an afro. And bell-bottom pants, man. We don't wear that anymore. Well, some of us don't wear that anymore. Some of us do. But one thing that's in vogue may not be in vogue next month. Now, imagine being on that treadmill. Imagine the overwork of the soul that takes place. Always trying to fit in, always trying to get ahead, always trying to be recognized, always trying to smile with the gleam. Bing! I don't know where that one came from, but I, I guess I'm on a roll here. I might as well just keep it going. Verse 10. I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. The things that typically enable us to get ahead in life have a shelf life. They eventually wear out 
wear thin, go bad, go out of style. That's why it's important for us to trust Jesus with it all. Because he cares for us. And for us to take his yoke. Because he said his yoke is easy. And his burden light. With him, you don't have to perform. You don't have to be someone you're not. With him, you, you simply be you. That's the lightest burden anyone could bear, is to simply being ourselves. It takes work to be someone else, man. It, it takes work. Trying to walk like someone else or trying to talk like someone else. It, it, it's too much work to be someone else. It's easier to be ourselves. Okay. Verse 12. This is where the humility aspect comes in. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Oh, man. That, that reminds me of an old school uh, song that I remember hearing growing up in church. Um, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. That's a life that has margin. Travel light, let me put it that way. A life with, I'm, I love just having space around me. Like, I'm just like that kind of guy. I love being able to just, you know, kind of move and, you know, flex, kick off my, you know, like just having space. Because you never know which way you have to move and navigate. And it's important for us to have space in our lives, to create margin, to not be overworked, to not be overstressed. And the practical ways to do that is, number one, to simply trust Jesus. We're not superhuman. To acknowledge our limitations to acknowledge that we need help, that we need someone stronger than us. We need someone with broader shoulders to carry the load, put it that way. In fact, in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, this man Isaiah is, is looking forward to Jesus coming, and he describes Jesus in very vivid terms. And he says that Jesus is is the one whom the government will rest on his shoulders. The government of God will rest on his shoulders. Now, you need broad shoulders to carry the government of God. Jesus has broad shoulders. He, he can handle it. One thing that I've learned in just growing in my relationship with Jesus is that 
Jesus can handle my anger and my frustration. He is not afraid of me saying, I'm tired. Like, he's not going to slap me on the wrist and say, how dare you say you're tired? Suck it up. Be a man. (laughs) That's not Jesus. He... I believe that he prefers that vulnerability. This is what he means when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who say, I have need of you. And it's interesting that those that say they have need of Jesus are those that inherit the kingdom. The kingdom belongs to them. Why? Because they know they need it. They know they need it. That's why it belongs to them. Margin is creating space and saying, I need you. This this is too much for me to carry. This load is too heavy. Whether it's self-imposed or whether it's imposed on us by other people. When we get to that point, we have to give it to Jesus. And trust him with it all. Because he cares for us. Jesus loves us too much to leave us to ourselves or by ourselves. He really does. It is not super spiritual to break. It is not a validation of our relationship with God to overwork, overcompensate. not. In fact, we are called to rest. One of the ways that we enter into God's rest and to entrust ourselves into the care of Jesus. Think of it as like a big spiritual hammock. <laughs> Gail likes the hammock idea. <laughs> We're, we, we, now, I'm I'm saying these things because I am living out these things right now. I, I'm living out these things right now. I'm just not trying to say things to sound cool, even if they sound cool. But I've had moments where I said, okay, push back from the desk and say, what am I doing right now? Why am I doing this? Jesus, help me. And if you haven't gotten to that space yet, chances are you will get there. And it's okay. It really is okay. Because we need to not only acknowledge our limits, but to also assess the loads that we carry. Why are we carrying the load? Is it something that I've put on myself an expectation? Is this what someone else expects of me? So I have to live up to this idea? Am I trying to achieve a goal? And I'm not saying don't go after goals. You should. But go after the right goals for the right reasons. These are ideas and things that my prayer 
is that we would take them in order to create more margin in our lives, creating more space to receive from God, to hear from God, to be healed by God, to be strengthened by him, to receive his care, to receive his love, to receive his strength, to receive his righteousness and not our own. In fact, we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's our entry into the family of God, is to simply acknowledge our need of him. And by that, we create margin. So here's what I'd like to do. As we wrap up here, if, if any of this resonated with you, if you feel overworked, if you feel weary, if you're tired, if you've realized, man, this load I've been carrying, this is way too heavy, and I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried, and I'm not trying anymore. Or if you want to take some things off and just give it to Jesus, then we want to create margin. We want to create space for that to happen. Now, we're a people of faith, so we believe in prayer. We believe in standing alongside each other through life's challenges. And maybe this could be a moment for you. Maybe you've been going through life alone, doing things on your own because you don't need anybody. Because you got this. I know I'm speaking to somebody right there. You got this. I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm good. No, you're not. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Jesus wants to carry you. And he wants to be that for you, which probably can't be for ourselves. So we want to pray with you and for you, if that's you. Maybe like I said in the beginning, maybe you're more of like a skeptic. I don't believe in this whole Jesus thing. That's actually a part of the load that you're carrying. How about we let that go and accept his invitation and see what happens? Life is hard, but you can trust Jesus. And maybe you would prefer not to come to the front, but I'm, I'm sure there's someone around you that could be of support to you in some way. Someone that can probably say, life is hard, I trusted Jesus. And they could be an encouragement to you. So I'm going to pray. And once I'm done praying, if you'd like to receive prayer, if you'd like to have people stand with you, maybe to embrace you, maybe to tell you it's okay, we're going to have a team in the front here to be that for you. If you'd prefer to stay in your seat and just 
meditate on what's been shared. Do that. It's okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reality that you care. You care for us. Thank you for the invitation to come to you and to receive your rest. Life can be so demanding. It can be so burdensome. And you know all about it. But we take this time to say, we need you. We need your help. Some things we can carry, some things we can't, but either way, we want to give it all to you because you can carry it all. So we ask that you would grant us great grace in this moment. Work humility in us to say yes to your invitation. And may we be those that could say, I trusted Jesus and everything's okay. We love you today. We love what you're doing. Continue to bless us and engage us, Lord, this week. May Sunday's faith be connected to Monday's work. May we go into this work week, this this life's week, with less of a burden because we've given it to you today. And meet us in those moments this week where we, maybe we run into a wall or maybe we get stressed out. Would you meet us in those specific moments and give us help and give us hope? Because we can find both in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.